had to pull worship off without a keyboard player. It's kind of tough. So we, uh, we dropped back and punted at the last minute and just decided to do all of our Bible school songs this morning. But as part of our fifth Sunday, I'm going to bring Isaac up. Where's he at? Yep. He's excited about coming up in front because he's not, uh, he's, he's not thrilled about being in front of people. So mics are over here. Oh, okay. So he's going to explain um, the contest that we do and announce today's winner uh, of the Gospel Quest drawing or competition. Hello. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm right there. I'm going to stand behind Max. Um, so first of all, before I get into the... What did I do? Uh, before I get into like the competition stuff, I just do want to say that we had a great week of Bible school. Um, it seems like all the kids had a blast. seems like the adults had a blast. Even our 356ers, some of them were a bit hesitant um, at first, but I didn't give them a choice, and I think they all ended up enjoying it at the end. Um, so I, it was really great. We're already, we can't talk. We're already planning next year's. It's going to be bigger and better. We're real excited. Um, but for those of you who are new or visiting us this morning, we run a little competition in Gospel Quest. Um, we like to encourage our kids to bring their Bibles every week and to um, get in the habit of tithing. Uh, no matter how much it is, if they put a penny in the bucket, that's fine. Um, but we run a little contest. Every week that they bring their Bible or put something in the offering bucket, whether it be $5 or a penny, we give them a point. And at every fifth Sunday, we tally up the points, and um, whoever has the most, we give them a little prize just to congratulate them. I will say this quarter, um, we do only have one winner. Um, it's been a tie the past couple, but it's not that anyone stopped bringing their stuff. It was actually pretty much every kid brought their stuff every Sunday they were here, but with vacations, you know, summertime with vacations and um, some sickness that kind of hit us beginning of summer. Um, some kids weren't here as much as the others, which is fine. Um, but I, when I was tallying up the points uh, yesterday, I mean, we had a winner, I think, had 13 points. Everyone else had like 10, 11, 12. So they weren't far behind. It just came down to, you know, vacations and um, sickness, uh, which I think is great. It means the kids... Um, you know, are, are enjoying it at least, getting in the habit, and um, I really enjoy it. One thing I will say before I forgot, before I forget, um, is last week we did run a competition with the kids, and I'm really excited about it, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, all the food over there on the table is for our food pantry that was brought in by the kids, um, so I'm really excited about how much they did. <laughs> And the other thing is we've had a, a desire in Gospel Quest um, for tree houses um, outside. And so um, we, we raised a lot of money. We can do two tree houses. <laughs> um, in a minute. Um, so some of the kids have even been fundraising outside of the church, which I think is fantastic because it means that you know, they, they want it as much as 
you know, I, I really want the treehouse. Um, they want it as much as we do, and that they're willing to go out on their own and do it is fantastic. Um, but last week, uh, we ran a penny drive that it turned up into just being a penny, quarter, dime, nickel, everything else drive. Because um, they just did. Uh, <laughs> um, you going to slick, boys. Slip, boys. Um, so I will say that between last week and some of the um, outside of church fundraising, Uh, the kids themselves have raised over $600 for their tree houses, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, I just like that they're as invested in this place as we are, um, and that's really what I'm really excited about. Um, so I've been up here longer than I want to be. So time to get to the winner uh, with 13 points, Miss Maddie Beckett. <laughs> There's a prize. Maxon, if you bring in your Bible and an offering like your sister does. Um, okay, that's all I got. I'm going to get off the stage because I don't like being up here. Carl. All right, guys, real quick before we dismiss them to Gospel Quest. Um, Carl and I were texting back and forth yesterday, and, and as a culmination, this will ultimately uh, bring our VBS to a close um, this week. And, and so Carl and I were texting back and forth, and he wanted to pray um, over our kids and over our Gospel Quest ministry, uh, and had said that God was giving him uh, that prayer as, as we texted back and forth. Uh, so Carl's going to pray for you guys. So how do we pray? Amen. Let's be reverent. Put our hands together. Carl's going to pray for you guys, and after Carl says amen, you guys are dismissed to Gospel Quest. And church, if you're visiting with us, we cheer them as they go to Gospel Quest because we want them to know that what they do for the kingdom of God is worth applause. Amen? The world applauds a whole lot of things, but we're going to applaud Jesus and these kids. Amen? So just letting you know that, and we'll let Carl pray. Hi. You're all so much taller now. <laughs> Can I ask you all two quick questions before we pray? Two real quick questions. Did you all have fun this week? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was fun, right? We got to do all kinds of fun things. Got to high people in the face, got sprayed with water, made crafts, ate snacks, all the things. It was a lot of fun, right? Yeah. So the other question, did you feel loved this week? Yes. 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 Awesome. Because that's what it was all about. This whole week was just about showing you all just a little glimpse of just how much your Heavenly Father loves you. So now with that in mind, we're going to pray. And let's do like Miss Bethany taught us. Let's put our hands together. And uh, for the grown-ups, brothers and sisters in Christ, if you could stretch your hands this way and agree with me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've had with each and every one of these children. Father, it's been a blessing for us, and we know it's been a blessing for them. We know each one of these children is someone that you created, Lord, that you created with a purpose, and that you love incredibly more than words can ever say. Father, I just pray that you would help them find their purpose, find your will for their lives, Lord. 
We pray, Lord, that you would stir up in them a desire to know you and to love you like you love them. Father, we pray that you would give them a heart to seek you and to follow you. Father, we pray also that even as we sprayed them with water, we pray that you would stir up in them wells of living water, Lord. We pray, Father God, that they would be a blessing to those around them. We pray, Lord, that they would go out into the community and be lights, and that their lights would shine with the love of Jesus. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. So a lot of what's been said this morning are, are things that are on my heart and, uh, and on my spirit. I mean, what, a, what an outpouring we have seen. And uh, we've had a number of different comments this week. Uh, one of the parents came up to me uh, during the week and she's like, are you, are you guys as a church always this chill? And I'm like, yeah, we, we, pretty, we pretty much are always this chill. And, um, and we're thankful for that. Amen. Because what that means is it means that we're making Jesus the main thing in this place. Um, we're not, you know, we're, we're not doing, we, we have a lot of things that we're doing for the cause of the kingdom, like food pantries and, and various ministries and, and whatnot, but, but it's all driven to push Jesus Christ uh, and what he means to not only our church, but what he means to this community and ultimately to the world uh, because of what he's done. So we're thankful for everyone that played a part. I know um, Bethany's already said this, and, and Carl and, and Isaac as well, but our 356ers are our teens uh, from Proverbs 356. That's where they get the name. Um, our 356ers were amazing this week. Several of us took notice of that and uh, just thrilled um, with their growth and maturity uh, and the love and the help that they gave your kids um, this week. Uh, and, of course, the kids were just phenomenal. And this was probably a third to a half, a third to a half of what we had here um, all week, and uh, so we're just excited and thrilled that we could do our first VBS uh, and see God move in, in such a way, so we're really, really thankful for that. Before we get into this morning's sermon, um, I want to share two, uh, financial peace, which is something that our church does, uh, that's coming up again on August 25th, we will start that again on August 25th, so if you're part of the church that didn't get to participate the last time, um, or weren't able to the last time or whatever, that is open um, to you this time. It's free of charge, and um, we are excited about that. So this week, that will be out on the app, uh, and you are able to sign up for that and, um, and be part of that. If you have any questions about financial peace, um, we'll share a little bit more about it next week as well um, but um, in a little more detail. But financial peace is a way of walking you through the scriptures on how to manage your money and how to manage your household according to God's word. Uh, and it's powerful. There are lots and lots of success stories um, with this. Um, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not a Ponzi scheme. It's not any of those things that people might say. It is literally just breaking down the word of God so that we do our money God's way. And, um, and so we encourage you, uh, if you haven't been part of that either before um, or the last time we did it in the spring, um, to talk to TJ or Medora or any of us that have been through that, and, uh, and we will help you with that. And we'll be getting more information in the next couple of weeks coming up uh, as well. We do have our anniversary service next week.
following that, yes, five years. For those of you that were here last year, if you remember last week, a year ago, uh, was the year that we brought all of our stuff from our temporary places that we were using, uh, or uh, the copper room at that time, uh, for service, and we brought it all here, and we had a service with boards and dust and, and everything sitting around this room. Um, were the walls still up then? No, we'd already tore the walls down, hadn't we? Yeah, we, there, were wall, there were walls that divided this, and, and we had to take them down to, to turn it into what you see now. Um, you know, so we, we did all of that a year ago last Sunday. A year ago this Sunday was the Sunday Pastor Rod um, was here and shared with us and exhorted over us and blessed us um, on our House of Miracles and everything. And a year ago this coming Sunday, a week from today, uh, was the day we had our declaration service where we declared this a house of miracles uh, for the work of the Lord. So we are uh, we're excited to be one year here in this building, and we're excited to be at five years uh, as a church. And I'll share a little bit more of this next week, um, but do you, does anyone have an idea how many startups make it five years? It's almost 70% fell. Almost 70%, according to Barna, almost 70% of startup churches, churches that start up from nothing and, and build, almost, it was 60-some percent. I'll, I'll have the exact number next week, but almost 70% fell and don't make it to the five-year mark. We're here, church. We're here. So what a privilege and a blessing um, we have, thankful for those of you visiting with us um, this morning, good to see Bob and his family here. Bob was a, an important part of our, of our early days and helping us uh, at the middle school and, and the things there, so we're glad he's here um, this morning along with his family. Uh, happy that all of you that were part of us during Bible school were here, and as we've said all week, if you don't have a home church, we would absolutely love for you to be part of our family. Uh, amen. We will encourage you and lift you to the best of our ability. Um, in Jesus Christ, we don't put on a lot of shows. Um, I don't know, unless you call blinky lights while the kids are singing shows, but I really don't. I just, I just consider that something fun that, that they get to enjoy. But, um, you know, but what we do and what, w what we are focused on is, is the main thing. I think Chris even reminded us of that yesterday in, in our group chat, um, that the main thing is, is the main thing here. Whether we have uh, drywall up or, or not, the main thing is Jesus, and, and we will continue with that. So I have been preaching a series, and some of you who are visiting with us are coming in at the end of this series. Um, so just to kind of summarize quickly, uh, I've been preaching a series called God of the Mountain. And uh, if you remember, uh, there was a, a song years ago about God of the Mountain, and the God of the Mountain is the God of the Valley. And um, I, I, I made mention of the fact that the reality is that he's not God of the valley. He may rescue us in our valley. He may pull us out of our struggle. He may pull us out of our situation. But God does not reside in the valley. God does not live there, but he pulls us from it. And he brings his power and his glory to us so that we are delivered from the valley because of his glory and his omnipotence. Amen? God is the God of, of the mountain. God is the God who sets himself apart and says, I am here, I am high, I am holy, and I am calling you to me. 
I am bringing you to me so that you might experience and you might have and you might enjoy the peace and the love and the joy that I bring and that I offer. Amen. Because if all we're getting is what we get from the world, if all we're getting is what we get from the valley, then, then clearly we're struggling. Clearly we're struggling. Clearly this world is struggling today because they are trying to accomplish so much by their own person, by their own power, by their own being. And, and they remain in the valley because they never come to the mountain. Amen? The mountain of God. God is, God is the God of the mountain. Amen? And we are called to where he is. It started in the garden. Amen? When he told Adam and Eve... Commune with me, have a relationship with me, spend time with me, and I will give you all that I am. Amen? But then, but then they got a different interpretation from the serpent, and, and the serpent said to them, no, 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 God just knows if you do it my way, you'll know everything he knows. And what really happened is it means that we got a whole lot of knowledge with no power. We got a, ho a whole lot of knowledge with no holiness. We got, a whole lot of, we got a whole lot of knowledge without any glory. Amen? And, and so because of that, we try to operate from our own understanding, and we struggle, right? And so I asked the question at the very beginning, and, and you guys are kind of catching us on the fourth, fourth sermon, so I'm giving you the quick hit to, to catch up. What really has happened with us is, is we, have, we have began navigating the Christian life from a carnal or a fleshly perspective. And then we wonder why we don't have these incredible God moments and this incredible deliverance uh, that God has offered us from the mountaintop. And the reality is because we never approach the mountain. We never approach the holiness and the glory that, that God has uh, to give. And, and so we struggle. And so I would ask this question, and I asked this that first week, are, are we tired of the valley? I mean, are we really tired of the struggle? Are we really tired uh, of, of falling short? Are we really tired of never really fully grabbing hold of the glory of God in our life and allowing his power and his love and his joy and his peace to, to fill us and, and take us through our days? Amen? Because if so, then we need to become, you know, we need to come closer and closer to God of the mountain. And, and we're preaching this out of Exodus 19 and 20. And, and in chapter 19, there's this moment where God tells Moses, you know, block the people, barricade the people, and don't let them come up into the mountain because I don't want people who are just going to come up to look at me. Right? He says, I don't want people who are just going to be gazers. Right? Yeah. I don't want people who are just going to come and have an emotional moment and clap their hands and walk away. But I want you to go tell them to wash their clothes. Amen. What was he essentially saying there? Again, I'm just summarizing. Amen. What was he saying there? He, he was saying, I want you to wash Egypt off of you. I want you to wash off what you've learned and what you know and how you lived. Amen. Because we're now into the third and fourth generation since the captivity. So most of these people uh, I grew up hearing the stories and hearing the things about being a Jew and being a part of the nation of Israel, but they, they did all they knew, all they had experienced was captivity. All they had experienced was the time in Egypt. And so Jesus or God is telling them, wipe that off of you, clean that off of you, 
sear your thinking so that you're not thinking like the Egyptians anymore, but listen to what I'm saying. So again, he's ultimately repeating what he said to Adam and Eve. Listen to what I'm saying and let who I am and what I am start to take hold of your life. Let it start to work and move in your life and do a work that I can do, right? Not something you can do yourself, not something that, that anyone else can do, but a work that I can do and bring full glory of God change into your life. And that's what God was ultimately pushing for from the mountain as he sent Moses to talk to the people. And he told Moses, he said, the priests aren't ready. The people aren't ready. The leaders aren't ready because they don't seek me. So you stop them. And you come to me, and you hear what I have to say, and you take and tell it to the people. And then when the people are ready, let them come unto the mountain. Amen? So God was saying there has to be a separation. Amen? And I think that separation more than anything has to do with intent. It has to do with the intent of our heart. And ultimately, it walks us into the Ten Commandments. And we're going to finish up this week with the last part of the Ten Commandments, uh, and then what... what is said between God and Moses after the Ten Commandments, but just sharing a little bit of what we shared with you last week uh, regarding the first four commandments, God ultimately, starting at the beginning, following up well that instruction to go wash Egypt, Egypt off of you, he follows up with those first four commandments. And what, is, what are those commandments? Amen? I'm, I'm the only God. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm the only God, yeah. right? Don't, don't worship any other gods. Remember, Egypt had... A, a lot of natural gods. They, they worshiped a different God for all of the different things of, of nature. So he, he's putting instruction in front of them saying, that's all wrong. I am the Lord thy God. Worship me and me only. Then he says, no graven image. Amen. And we talked about that. That's not just, that's just not markings on our skin, but, but graven comes from the idea of engraved. Amen. And what he's talking about is not have anything engraved or graven in our heart and in our mind. Amen. I don't think he cares that much about the fleshly body because it'll pass away. But what he does care about is he cares about this inward man. Yeah. He cares about this inward man and what's graven in our heart and in our mind and what we allow to, to consume us that could ultimately move us away from God or at the very least be gazers of God. Amen? And so he, he's telling us that nothing should hold that kind of a place on our heart or, or in our mind. He then goes on. Um, to talk to us about the Sabbath and how important it is to keep the Sabbath holy. And, and if we really look at that in the full context, God is ultimately taking us to where he is. Amen? God created the, the earth and all of, of its glory in six days, and he rested on the seventh day. And so he's ultimately saying the th same thing to us. I'm giving you six days to work for me. I'm giving you six days to, to live for me. I'm giving six days for you to put all of my glory and all of my holiness in yourself and take it into the world. Amen. And then I want you to come back just as I did and look at it and see that it was good. Amen. Even in that, even in the instruction to keep the Sabbath holy, God is calling us to himself. He is calling us to a place that says, be holy as I am holy, amen, so that you can look back on your six days and see that it's good, the same as I did, amen. And so we are, we are called to this incredible place of God where he begins to do this work 
um, in our life. And then he also said, and I skipped one, but he also said that we should not take his name in vain. Amen? And, and I, I shared with the church last week that that ultimately takes us far beyond uh, having a potty mouth. Right? I mean, we all know that, that having a potty mouth and saying certain things is, is not something God wants or reverences. Right? But when we talk about vanity in this context, or we talk about vain in this context, it takes us well beyond just having a potty mouth. Amen? Because it means that anything that we say of the Lord that isn't of the Lord is in vain. So that means, you know, the church is really bad today. Well, God told me. Well, God said this. And there's a lot of churches manipulating a lot of people with that. Amen? There's a lot of, there's a lot of, that's why I like to surround myself with strong people. Because if I ever get that dumb, I want them to kick me in the butt. Right? Sorry, visitors. I'm kind of that guy. I'm just kind of real. And I say things like that. But, um, you know, if I, if I ever get dumb enough, you know, to act that way or behave that way, I, I want some of these people to smack me back in place. Amen? Because I don't want to operate from a place of vanity. I don't want to operate from a place of worldliness. I don't want to operate. I don't want the vision of this church to be something that is manipulated over the people. Because if so, then I become no different than Egypt. Or I become no different than the Pharisees. And I'm putting, I'm putting labor on you. And I'm putting things on you that weren't meant for, for you by God. Amen? And, and so as far as you know, taking God's name in vain, it is up to us to seek the scriptures. And, and to enter into the spirit with him. And have his drawing and have his power over us in our life. So when we speak... Speak of him. We can speak of him in power. We can speak of him in glory. We can speak of him in his love and in his peace. And it be effectual. It be effectual. Amen. And, and I think sometimes when we talk about the idea, and I'm not, I'm not putting anything on anybody, but when we talk about the idea that, that you know, almost 70% of startup churches fell, I have to wonder how much of that was manipulated. You know, somewhere somebody's saying, God told me when God didn't really tell you, right? And, and Scripture makes it really clear what the, the punishment for that is, amen? It was really different for me. When John called me, his exact words were, you're going to pastor my next campus. I was like, whoa, <laughs> I need to hear from heaven on that first, amen? And, and so we got together and we fasted and we prayed together and, and we said that if God opens doors, we'll step through them. But we're not forcing anything open. We're not forcing anything open. Amen? And listen, if you want God to move in your life, don't pray an open and closed door prayer. Amen? Because he will start throwing open what he wants open. And he will start slamming shut what he wants shut. Amen? And that is exactly what happened. There were things in my life that I was content with. That I would have continued on with for years. And he slammed the door in my face. Amen. And there were things that I didn't see coming that he flung wide open. Amen. And five years later, here we are. Amen. Because a God of the mountain has orchestrated it and moved in it and blessed lives and changed Lives. I look around and I could name people and I don't want to get ahead of myself and start preaching next week's message. But I look around and I see the changes 
in, in people over the last five years and the things that we together have accomplished over the last five years and everything else. And I see the God of the mountain prevalent and existing and working in your lives. In your lives. And that's the goal. That's the goal. Amen? I'm not interested in getting rich. I'm not interested in, 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 in you know, making my name. If you notice, my name's not anywhere around here. Amen? Because it's about Jesus. It's about the God of the mountain, and it's about what he is doing in each of your lives and what he's going to do in each of your lives. Amen? Bethany will tell you, and they joke about this all, all the time and everything else. If you feel like God's calling you into something, don't mention that around Jay because I'm going to push you off the cliff. Amen? I'm going to push you off the cliff. I'm that guy that if you, if you even utter, well, I think God's telling me this, boom, there you are. That's yours. You walk in that. You walk in that. You claim it. You make it yours, and you let God fill you with it. You let God fill you with it, and you let God make a difference in your life. Like only he can make. Amen. That's why the God of the mountain matters. That's why coming in his name and in his spirit matters. Amen. To our lives is so that we become everything that we're meant to become in him. So I'm going to jump into Exodus 20. Pick up where I left off last week. Was that a pretty good summary, church? Yeah. It only took me like 10 minutes to do that, I hope. So that means we only got about two hours left. Joking, joking, joking. Um, all right, so Exodus 20, we're going to pick up where we left off um, last week, and we'll, we'll share a little bit of this, and then we'll get into the, the closing of this series for you. Exodus 20, verse 13, thou shalt not kill. Amen. And I think when we go in, these first four, these first four commandments were all about us putting God where God needs to be in our life. The first four was about us understanding who God is, what God is, and where God needs to be in our life. Amen. The next part of these commandments are the guardrails for our life. It's God saying for you to come where I am, for you to do the things that I do, for you to be pure at heart and pure in spirit. I need you to live this way. I need you to put these things off of yourself. Amen. And, and it's, not that, it's not that God is actually cracking a whip and God is trying to put a, a labor on our shoulders that is more uh, than we can bear that's sometimes called a yoke. Amen. But what he's often saying to us and what he's saying to us is, I don't want the destruction and I don't want the heaviness and I don't want the despair and I don't want the pain and I don't want the suffering and I don't want the anguish that comes with these things for you. So if you use this as a guideline, if you use this as a guardrail, then it is going to keep you where I am. It is going to keep you away from the things that take you away from me. Amen. So thou shalt not kill. And he's not just talking with a knife or with a gun, but he's talking about with our thoughts, with our deeds, with our words, with our actions. Our lives should be as part of, of God's plan and approaching him, not from a gazing perspective, but from a perspective of glory and power and holiness. Amen. Our lives should be about lifting others. Amen. And the thing about I said, I know, yeah, I know. I said I was pushing some people off a cliff a minute ago. Amen. But part of that pushing them off of a cliff is also being there to catch them. Amen. And I, I hope there's no one here who would think for a minute that I've ever abandoned you in the midst of that. Yes, I'll push you off that cliff because I want you walking where God wants you to walk. But I will also be the one there to hold your hand. Yeah. 
the one to encourage you, and the one to hold you when times get difficult and times get dark. Amen? Because that's what the God of the mountain does. And that's how he uses us to edify in each other's life. Not with our words or our deeds or our attitudes or our anguish as far as bringing death to someone or their spirit. Amen? Because in the New Testament, it literally talks about crushing someone's spirit and being accountable for that. Amen? And that's a huge paraphrase. But amen, that's ultimately what it means. We're accountable for what we do as far as edifying one another. Thou shalt not kill. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each of these. They literally could all preach their own message. Uh, But I want to get to what's at the end of verse 20 to sum this all up. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Listen, if you can't be faithful with what God has given you in this life, you will never be faithful with the glory and the power that he gives you. If you can't remain solid in what you should see as a blessing in your life, why would he ever endow the power and the glory of heaven over your life? Amen? And that's with, that's with everything that your eye sees. That's with everything that your eyes do. That's with all of your communications. That's with everything. Now listen, I talk to a lot of people. And a lot of those people are female. And I encourage people. I tell people I love them all the time. Amen? And my wife is well aware. She has access to everything I'm part of. Amen? Because I have nothing to hide. If I'm telling someone I love them, it's a Jesus thing. It's not a fleshly thing. Amen? And we need to understand how to operate in that godly mindset without being pulled to a, to a disgusting mindset that this world tries to tell us is normal. Amen? Because if I can't be faithful with what's here in my hand, I will never, ever be faithful with the things of heaven. Amen? And so when we think about adultery, we're not just talking, we're not just talking about the girl or the guy down the street or somebody at work or this and that and the other. Honey, we're talking about what's on your computer screen at night. And we're talking about the conversations that you have. Keeping God holy and keeping Him lifted in all that we say or do so that we not only approach Him in His glory, but that we approach each other in His glory. Amen? I'll hug any of you. Right? I'll love any of you. Right? But I will do it from the perspective of the glory of the Lord. Amen? And we will keep it there. Amen? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Amen. You shouldn't, you shouldn't take things. Amen. You shouldn't take things from each other. Amen. Whether that's money, whether that's, whether that's material possessions, whether that's callings. Amen. Whether that's intent. Amen. I had someone tell me the other day, you know, every time your church does this, this church does the same thing within a matter of a few weeks or sometimes even rushes out there and tries to do it before you. And I said, well, well, that's okay because the power and the glory that God gave in that, we'll share. We'll share because we want it to do kingdom's work. Amen. Because I'm not getting caught up in this stupidity of, of who's, whose church is better and who did what first or, or this and that and the other. That's not the church game I'm playing, folks. That's not the church game I'm playing. 
Amen? If, if you want to get something out of there on Facebook before I get it out on Facebook, that is fine. That is fine. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not your rival. I'm, I'm your brother. Amen? And, and we, we will operate that way. Now, whether you do or not, that's on you. But we will operate that way. Amen? But we shouldn't steal. We shouldn't take. We shouldn't rob people. Amen? Jesus cracked whips and turned tables. And then what did he say? He called them a den of thieves. Amen? Well, who, what, is, what does a thief do? A thief steals. A thief robs. Amen? And, and we, can, we can wonder whether they were having fundraisers or money changing or, or this and that and the other. But I'm going to be honest with you. I think they were selling unholy sacrifices and robbing people of what God intended the temple to be. It had nothing to do with, with money. It had everything to do with the spiritual implication of what God had called them to do in the temple. And they weren't upholding the holiness or the glory of that. And so they were robbing people, stealing people. Of the spirit and the power that God had for their life. Amen. And God has power and he has spirit and he has glory for our lives. It is his goal that our cup not be half full or half empty because half is half. It is his goal that our cup runneth over. Amen. And if, and if we are so busy struggling in the valley with this idea of what we have or what you have or what they have or this and that and the other instead of just filling ourselves with the glory of God, we will, we will continue to be gazers and never step fully into the glory and the power of God, which is where we're called, all of us, which is where all of us are called. So thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy, thy neighbor. Don't, don't lie. Don't lie. Don't exaggerate. Now, I'm Italian, right? And, and, and we, we Italians, we're pretty passionate. Right. And, and, and so so we talk a lot. Right. And I tell people all the time, the only gift God gave me was my mouth. Amen. And, and it's OK to be passionate. But even in that passion, I, th I told a friend yesterday and everything else, I said, I'm really working on that Italian nature and not getting super excited and over talking something. Because I'll do that. And, and the church is probably sitting around here going, oh, oh, yeah, he does. And everything else. But I get excited. I get excited. I get passionate. And I'm just, I'm just, I just, you know, I can't get it all out. And so I just keep talking about it. And amen. But, it, but it's not from a place of, uh, of, of being a braggadocio. It's not from a place of, uh, of, of sales or marketing. It's not from anything of that. It's just I'm excited about what I see God doing. Amen. But in all of those things, we've got to be very careful not to create false witness. And we've got to be very careful to present God and each other and ourselves as God would present us. Amen. Keep our converse, conversation true. Amen. Keep our conversation simple. And keep our conversation to the point. Amen. Because remember, what, what did I say in the beginning? All of these things are things God gives us, not to crack a whip over us, but gives us as a means to keep us where he is. So that we might ultimately climb the mountain to where he is and receive all that he has to give. Amen. And so God is just simply saying, communicate. Amen. Absolutely communicate. What, what was the great commission? Go and share, right? Go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, so God is telling us, go talk, but talk about me. 
Talk about what is real. Talk about what is true. What did, what did Peter and John say outside of the gate when, when they were asked alms? Man, look, dude, I, I, I don't have a lot of money to give you. I don't have any money to give you. Amen? But what I have is Jesus, and I'll give you that. Amen? Keep in mind that morning the church walked by that man. You with me? The church walked by that man because they had nothing to give. Amen? Because all they had to give was what was from the valley. Amen? Peter and John had been on the mountain with God. And they had something to give. And what they had to give was Jesus Christ. And they shared that. They shared that. And this same man that everyone rolled their eyes at when they went walking into the temple, temple this same guy went into the te- temple leaping and jumping and praising God. Amen? You want to leap and jump and praise God and carry on a little bit of holy rowdiness? Amen? you you got to spend some time on the mountain. And you got to spend some time doing more than gazing upon God and bring yourself into his presence in spirit and truth. Amen? You with me? You with me? All right. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Amen? And you say, well, isn't that a lot like adultery? No, I think it goes well beyond adultery because the Apostle Paul said it like this. I have learned to abound and I have learned how to be abased, right? And what does that mean? It means I have learned that when God blesses me, I've learned how to handle that and how to proportion that and how to ration that in my life, amen? But I've also learned how to be abased, that when I'm going through the valley, when I'm in temptation, when I'm in a struggle, I have learned how to manage that too, amen? And so if God blesses me, I'm good. And if God doesn't bless me, I'm good. And so ultimately, I think what the Apostle Paul said there is the same thing that God is saying to us from the mountaintop here. And he's saying, be happy with what I give you. I am the God of the mountain. If you choose to be in the valley because you choose not to come where I am, that's not my fault. Don't blame me. But look at yourself, examine yourself, and figure that out. Because I'm offering you the same thing I've offered everybody else. Amen? So, so, so come to the mountain, quit gazing, come to where I am, and I will bless you accordingly. Amen? And, and so what God is ultimately saying to us in this verse as well as in what Paul said is everything. He's like, I, I'm up here. I see you. I see your circumstances. I see your situation. I see what your tomorrow holds, and I see what your next year holds. So trust me. Don't covet Don't covet what I've given someone else or what I've allowed someone else to have. Don't don't covet maybe what they've gained by by irresponsible means. You with me on that? Man, you you should should amen that, right? Don't, don't, Don't covet what someone gained by irresponsible or sinful means. Amen? But be happy and be blessed with what I have provided in a holy manner. What I have given your life and what I have given your family and what I have given to the circumstances around you according to my glory and according to my holiness. Amen. That's why we do financial peace. Amen. Because, you know, we don't want people struggling with the things of the world by trying to obtain things 
that, that the world would give. Amen. We want you to do it God's way. And God has promise. And God has blessing. And TJ, when he teaches us, will show you that. Amen. But, but there is a godly way to do it. Amen. And it doesn't mean that we're all going to end up millionaires or, or this and that and the other. Or maybe not even debt free. But we're going to have better practices and better principles with which how to live our life that will honor God. Amen. And when we do that, we're blessed. Amen. Because we see that what we have comes from God and not from the world. Amen. And I think that's what he means here. So bringing this all down. And, and some of you visiting, I'm sorry that you show up and, and you get hit with the Ten Commandments, but it just kind of happened that way. Um, bringing us all down to this this next moment. And I think if, if there is a crux group of scriptures, a critical group of scriptures that summarize this four-week series, it's here. It says, And the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. In chapter 19, we shared with you of how God showed himself as God of the mountain. We shared with you how God thundered and set the mountain on fire and how it smoked and how there was lightning and thunder and and his power was on full display on top of the mountain when Moses was with him. And the people were made to look at this. And see this and understand that God and all of his power and glory was on display for them. Because God wanted to say, look, I am the guy that parted the sea. I'm the guy that gave you the cloud by day and the fire by night. I am the God that provides the manna. But I am also the God of the mountain. And I hold all of this in my power. I hold all of this in my hand. And all that I am. And all that I do is yours. It's yours. If you bring yourself to me. If you bring yourself up the mountain to where I am. I'm willing to give it all to you. Amen. And so we see the culmination of this as Moses come down and Moses shares the Ten Commandments. And, and Moses presenting himself back to the people and the people saying, whoa, 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 we'll, we'll hear from you. But man, God, God scares us. So, so we'll, we'll hear from you, Moses. But, but we don't want to hear from God because we'll die. And this is, this is kind of that interpretation thing between what God said. To, to Adam and Eve and what the serpent said to Adam and Eve. This is why it's important that we understand the scripture, not by interpretation, but we understand the scripture by spiritual implication. Amen. I, he tells me, I can't understand a, a jot or tittle of it unless it's revealed to me by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. I preach out of the King James Version, but I have tons of references. Amen. So I'm not bashing anybody because of what Bible they use. But, but what I'm saying to you is this. Regardless of what Bible you use, you're not really going to get it on a God level unless you allow the Spirit to utter it to you and, and to bring clarity of it to you. 
Amen. And that's Bible. That's not my opinion. That's Bible. And it's important that we understand that. And so here we are in a place where we see the fall of man right here. The fall of man, regardless of generation, regardless of time, regardless of of Garden of Eden or right now in 2022, we see the fall of man when we say we don't want to hear from God, but we'll hear from a man. We don't want to hear from God, but we'll hear from somebody that we think is close enough. Amen. We don't want to approach the mountain. We'll stay down here in the valley as long as somebody makes us feel good on Sunday. Right? God is saying to us, man, I got so much more for you than that. I got so much more for you than that. I am God of the mountain, and I want you here with me. I want you walking with me and talking with me. Amen? I want want you... To have everything that I'm, I'm willing to give. So, so quit, quit selling yourself short. Quit putting yourself in, in a place where you listen to everybody else but not me. Amen? I think it's great that we have things like YouTube and, and this and that and the other. And we have apps now and we can go listen to, to whoever we want, whenever we want, however we want. But if you're not spending time with God, you're failing yourself and you're failing him. Amen. Because God's got something for you. God's got utterance to give you that he has not given them. Amen. And so we are called into a high and holy place where he speaks to us and he works in our life. And it is called a mountain. And it is the God of the mountain wanting to move and work in our place. It is time that we quit being scared. It is time that we quit being afraid of what God is trying to do in our life. Amen. Y'all ought to shout. Amen. It is time that we quit being afraid of what God is wanting to do in our life. And here's what Moses says to them after they say, no, 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 we can't handle God. We just want to hear from you. Amen. And Moses said unto the people, verse 20, chapter 20, and Moses said unto the people, fear not. Amen. What did I just say? Quit being afraid, right? Fear not. For God is come to prove you. Amen. It means if you hear from him and he starts working in your life, he is here to prove you. Amen. He's not just pushing you off the cliff, but he's saying not only will I catch you, but I will empower you to do the thing. Whatever the thing is, I will give the power for it. I will give the anointing for it. I will do things in your mind and in your heart as long as they're not graven to something else. I will do the things in your mind and in your heart and in your body you can't fathom. I have stood in pulpits and things come out of my mouth and I'm like, where did that come from? And man, I'm going to get crucified when this thing's over. Amen? But God always supplied the power and the glory to see that thing through, whatever it was. Amen? And I, and I got to witness that. I got to see that. Amen? And it's crazy what happens when you're up here sometimes because all of this is happening spiritually, coming out of your mouth, and, but your mind's still up here going, oh my gosh, Jay, you're going to pay for that. 
right? And, and, and so forth. Yeah, it, it's kind of like an out-of-body thing. And it really does happen that way sometimes. And, and, and so forth. But I've never once paid for it. And anything that maybe I did pay for it and I don't realize, God handled. And that's okay. Amen? Because he is able to keep what he calls. He is able to hold who he uses. And there is not one record in Scripture that he abandoned anyone on the mountain. There's not one record in this book that he abandoned anyone who claimed him. Amen. Our kids are actually studying about Stephen getting stoned this morning. And Isaac and I had long conversations about this series because some of the stuff in this series are, are, are some tough things. And I'm like, look, I'm not, gonna, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to whittle around that stuff. And if the kids have questions and the families have questions, I'm happy to sit down with them. But look, this is real stuff. This is real Bible. If we, were, if we were teaching conceptual and philosophy like most churches today, I would say, you're right, let's move on and let's do something different. But Stephen was really stoned and Jesus really stood at the right hand of God on behalf of Stephen. Amen? And so we need to know that no matter what the circumstances, God stands for us. Now, I believe... I believe fully, and we know how stonings happen, and we know they're a gruesome thing as far as this flesh is concerned, but I believe with all of my heart Stephen didn't feel a thing. I believe the minute Jesus stood up, all of the effect and all of the influences of this world had no cause or no effect or no feeling on him. Why? Because the power of God manifested itself in who Stephen was at that moment. So even then, he was not abandoned. Even then, he was not let go. Even then, he was held the same as you and I can be held by the God of the mountain. Fear not, for God has come to prove you and that his fear may be before your faces that you sin not. What is he saying? He's saying that he's wanting us to realize that the power of God should drive us away from sin not to sin. And we have seen throughout time, all the way back in Bible time, we have seen throughout time because of man's fear of God, they chose the things of the world, which is exactly what the serpent promised Eve. Throughout time, they chose the world, they chose the flesh, they chose man over God. And what, and what God is ministering to the people through Moses here is, I'm giving you all of this, so you quit running to sin, so that you quit running to the valley, so that you quit running to the things that will bring destruction in your life. I'm giving you the outline to not only approach me, but to stay with me, to stay with me so that I can fill you with all that I am. Amen? Because that is his goal. And the people, verse 21, and the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Ye shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall ye make unto you gods of gold. An altar of earth shall make unto thee 
an altar of earth thou shalt make unto thee, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings, and thy peace offerings, thy sheep, and thine oxen. In all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee. What does he say? He's saying, I am the God of the mountain, and I will come to you. But I will not be God of the valley. I refuse to live there. I refuse to make that my habitation. I will be God of the mountain, and I am inviting you to where I am. I am promising you power and glory and love and joy and peace and all of these wonderful things, but you're going to find it here where I am because I'm not going to reside where you are. I'm calling you out of that. I'm inviting you out of that and inviting you to where I am. I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. And if thou wilt make an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. For thou shalt lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shalt thou go up thy steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. What does that last part mean? That last part means if you're going to build me an altar, you do it from the things I've created. Amen. Don't do it from a hewn stone. Don't do it from something that's been chiseled or altered. Don't do it from things that you have cultivated or you have made. You do it from my creation. You create an altar for me from my creation. Amen. Today, that's Jesus Christ. For me and for you, that's Jesus Christ. God sent his only son that if we believe on him, we would have everlasting life. Amen. And that is that is our altar. That is our place of calling. Amen. To come to God and to have full access to everything that belongs to the God of the mountain. Amen. Back then they had altars and they made these altars from God's command from the things of God's earth, not from the things that man made. Amen. Because God didn't want anything that had been manipulated or, or created from man's heart to defile who or what he was. Amen. So he gives us guidelines. He gives us guardrails, and he says to us, stay out of the valley by staying where I am. Stay out of the valley by doing and, and, and being blessed by the things that I give you and being content with that. Amen? And I will continue to bless you, and I will continue to lead you. I will continue to speak to you, and I will continue to be your God and let glory and power fall over you in all that I say and do. So if you're here, Amen? This scripture isn't just for me. This scripture isn't, isn't just for our, our leaders. But this scripture is for everyone. He is the God of the mountain for me. And he is the God of the mountain for you. And he is calling you to where he is. Through the things he has done. And he's promising you continued blessing in those things. Amen. Doesn't mean we're promised riches and, and glory and gold. Amen. Jesus actually says it like this. While you're in the world, you will have tribulation. You could, you could actually replace world with valley there. While you're in the valley, you'll have tribulation. Amen. And there are things that go on in my life daily. That if I want to be consumed with those things, they could drag me into a pit. Amen?
but most of the time, those are things I give to God. And I say, no, 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 world. <laughs> Ain't going to happen, Satan, because I'm staying on the mountain. Amen? I've gazed long enough. I've, I've played around with this long enough. I'm, I'm staying on the mountain. I'm staying with God. I choose Him. I'm making the hard decision. I'm saying no to this and yes to this. Because I want what God has for me. All that He has for me. I don't need that apple when I've got a garden full of apples that he's provided. Amen? He is the God of the mountain, and I choose him. Amen? And his promises. And I encourage you, I encourage you to choose him too. Choose all that he's promised you. Choose all that he's given to you. Amen? And if we can help you with that here, we are happy to help you with that here. Amen. We, we, we have a, a song and, and, you know, without the keyboard player, our kids are going to come back if you want to go ahead and get them. And, and our kids are going to come back and we're going to sing a song that we've sung all week. And what a, what a powerful song that it is. It's a very simple song, but it's very powerful and it covers everything that needs to be covered for us to receive all that God has for us. And if you need prayer, if you, we don't really call it an altar call. Uh, so to speak. I guess we call it that, but I, I guess really what it is, is, is it's a time of reflection for you. It's a time for you to look in the mirror, and it's a time for you to decide, do I need to draw closer to God? And maybe you need to pray right where you are. Maybe you need to come to this altar. Amen. Maybe you need some time after service closes for, for attention and, and intercessory needs or, or whatever that might be, and that's fine. Amen. But the reality for all of us, the reality for all of us is we need the God of the mountain. Amen. In all of our situations and in all of our struggles. And a lot of times our struggle is literally just based upon what's in our mind and what's in our heart. Amen. Because we're graven to the things of the world and not to the things of God. So we're easily beset. Amen. As Hebrews teaches us, we're easily beset. Amen. Where God is saying, if you abide in me, I abide in you. Amen. And these things will not drag you down or drag you away. But instead, I will hold you up from the mountaintop. I will hold you up in the thunder. I will hold you up in the lightning. I will hold you up in the thick cloud of who I am. I will hold you up. This is who God is. He is God of the mountain. And he wants to bring us to the mountain.